Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I want you to uh, stand and take your Bible. I don't know. I've just got to this this word. I've got to give it to you. Is that okay? I don't know what God is doing. I wish I could give you line by line and precept by precept, but I don't really know what God is doing, Apostle. But I do know that God is doing something. was up here Friday in the sanctuary and just an ordinary day. I, I was up here, nobody was around. And it was just me and I was up stairs trying to learn how to operate that iMac. And the Lord just began to impress on me in a very, very strong way to surrender. And I didn't know what, I didn't understand it. You see, I surrendered back in about 1985 to preach the word but there was just such a strong impression. And I wasn't praying. I was focused on that computer. But it just, it was so strong. It's one of the, one of the few times that I was really concerned. I wasn't fearful, but I was cautious. All day that day, I dealt with that. Got home that night, started to go to bed, and was about to pray. Holy Spirit spoke to me again, surrender. I went to bed and never surrendered because I, there was something I just, there was something that I just, I couldn't, I worried about it. I don't know if I was worrying about what it was going to cost or worrying about the unknown, but I got up yesterday morning and surrender was still there. And so I went down to my little office in my shed and I opened the Bible up to Isaiah chapter 6. And, and we're not going to preach from there this morning. I'm just talking right now. But Isaiah chapter 6, back in 1985, was the first devotion that I ever gave to a congregation. 
it was the calling that I didn't even know I was preaching. I thought I was preaching to somebody else. And God said, through another individual, you just preached your calling. I went back to that place yesterday, and, and I surrendered. I said, God, whatever you want from me, whatever you desire out of me, I surrender. But just one thing. Let me never be found without the effects of the coal of fire that you touched the lips of Isaiah with. Let me never be found without the effects of that fire on my lips. I don't know why I shared that with you this morning, but now you have it. So we don't know. But here we are right now. The Lord very strongly put this series in my spirit a few weeks ago entitled Come Alive. <clears throat> so I want to focus this month, every opportunity that we have to minister, I want to focus on the power of of the resurrection the resurrected life you know Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 I'm not preaching out of there either he said therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away and behold all things are become new Paul spoke those words because Paul knew the power of the resurrection. He knew the power of a life that had been affected by the resurrected life of Christ. The Lord's been dealing with me about this thing about resurrection and us walking in the power of the resurrected life. Because when the power of the resurrected Son of God begins to move on your life, you will become new, old things will pass away, and behold, all things will become new to you. How many of you are ready to begin to walk in some new things? How many of you are ready this morning to begin to lay down some old stuff, some old things, some old habits, some old clothes, some old rags, and some old ideas and some old opinions. I believe this morning that there are those that are here today that you've been praying for a long time. You've been holding on to a promise for a long time. You've been struggling with an addiction, with a habit for a long time. And you've cried out to God for mercy. And there are many, the Lord spoke this to me just this week, there are many, son, he said, that are right on the verge of giving up because culture would demand if you don't see your miracle when you ask for it, then God must not be real. He must not care about you. 
And so the Lord spoke to me and he said, Son, I want you to address those individuals that are on the verge of giving up, that are on the verge of saying God doesn't hear my prayer, on the verge of saying no longer does God do miracles. And the Lord spoke this to me today to tell you that if you are here this morning and you are ready to give up, you are ready to lay down and roll up your towel and go back home. If you're ready, somebody here this morning, perhaps you're ready to change churches because you said, I'm not getting anything at McCullough Christian Center and I'm ready to move on. But I'm telling you this morning that the Spirit of God is saying it is not a geographical move that you need. It is a move of the resurrected power of the Lamb of God. And and listen, I'm going to let you sit down in just a minute. The Lord spoke to me and he said, tell them, don't bury it yet. That's a word from God. It's the title of my message this morning, don't bury it yet. In 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 20, a passage of scripture that I've never preached out of before, but I want to give you this word this morning. So Elisha died. And they buried him. Now bands of Moabites used to invade the land in the spring of the year. And as a man was being buried, behold, a marauding band was seen. And the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. Father, thank you today for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Can you give me just a few minutes? Hallelujah. I just want to remind you today, and I'm going to follow the script that the Lord's given me the best I can, but I want to remind you of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, chapter 27 and verse 22, in the middle of a storm, that he stood on the bow of the ship and said to the men on the ship, Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. I said that and I read that verse because I want you to catch just two verses earlier in verse 20 of that same chapter. The Bible says that when neither sun nor moon nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope, somebody say all hope, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. The reason I wanted to share that with you is how fast things can change and how fast things can turn around. In verse 22, Paul stood before this, this group of men and said, guys, be of good cheer. Uh, because there's not going to be any loss of any man's life among you. 
And just two verses earlier, the Bible says that all hope that we should be saved was gone. And two verses later, Paul said, Be of good cheer, because there's no man going to lose his life. So you see, between verse 20 and verse 22, something took place. The reason I wanted to share that with you today is this, that I believe today that God is going to do a quick thing in people's lives. There are situations that you've been dealing with that in one breath you said, I don't have any hope. I don't believe there's, there's no hope for me. All hope is gone. And then just our next breath, you're going to say, be of good cheer because God has shown up in my life and what I thought was going to happen did not happen. What I thought I was going to lose, I did not lose. What I thought the doctors had given me up on, the, the Lord has raised me up. What I thought was going to be my demise has now become my life. What I thought was going to be my loss has now become my gain. You see, in the, in the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen, from one verse to another, verse, lives can turn around. From one moment to another, God can take a hopeless situation and turn it around and make it a blessing for your life. In verse 20, all hope was gone in verse 22. Be of good cheer. But in verse 21, is the reason that everything happened. Because Paul said, after long abstinence, in other words, Paul went missing for a little bit, and he had a word from God. That word from God changed the hopelessness from verse 21 into the victory of verse 22. That's a revelation from God, ladies and gentlemen. You need to write that down because that is a life-changing word because God can turn things around. Listen, the Bible says that Elisha had died and they buried him in a tomb. That the bands of Moabites would invade the land of Israel in the spring of the year. I want you to notice the season of this passage. It was the spring of the year. It was a season when life, new life, was coming. It's a season that we're in right now, the springtime. Some of you, it's your most favorite time of the year if we didn't have to deal with all the yellow stuff floating around. But notice in the spring 
of the year, there were two things that were taking place. There was a battle taking place. There was an enemy that was invading and robbing, stealing, and killing. The second thing that was happening in the springtime of the year is that they were having a funeral. They were on their way to bury this man. But I want you to know that you don't need to get what's going on around you. Don't let that confuse the season that you're in. Because the season is not defined by the circumstances around it. It doesn't matter if the enemy was invading the land, it was still springtime. It doesn't matter if they were toting a man to the cemetery to bury him, it was still springtime. Though it was springtime, the Moabites were invading, but that didn't change the season. Listen, God said to tell you this morning that you're in a season and the season that you're in is one that he wants to work in your life. But because of your situation, you said, surely this can't be my season. Because of all the things that you've been dealing with, you said, God, surely this is not my season. This is the, I'm in a winter season. And you're basing that on the things that you're going on around you. You're saying, God, I I'm in one of the worst seasons of my life. No, you're basing that on the circumstances around you, and you're not recognizing that it's the springtime of your life, that God is saying, I want to do something because your circumstances are not going to change the season that you're in. Listen, understand this, that neither the battle nor the death changes the season. Here's the thing in Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. Isaiah prophesied this, and he said, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. What was Isaiah saying? saying, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. My season is not dependent upon the weather. My season is not dependent upon somebody liking or disliking me. My season is not dependent upon somebody closing a door in my face. My season is not dependent upon somebody rejecting me. My season is dependent upon the word that God has given me that I can speak out of my mouth. Listen, my direction is not ordered by a man. My direction is ordered by the word of God. When I speak the word of God out of my mouth, when it goes forth out of my lips, God has already said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that whereto I sent it. He said it's like the rain and the snow 
that comes down from heaven that waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and bud. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. And Isaiah said that the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. Listen, when you learn the word of God and when you get the word of God in your spirit and you open your mouth and utter what God says instead of uttering what Oprah says or what somebody else says, when you get the word in you and begin to declare it, friend, I can tell you this morning that you will begin to see uh, uh, the resurrecting power. Listen, we got to be careful that we don't miss what is because we're so distracted by what was. If you're not careful this morning, you will miss what God is doing now because you're so distracted by what was the other day. There are three areas that I want to deal with today, and I've dealt with a season. The next one is I want to deal with a battle, the interruption. I want you to get this picture, and I'm trying to hurry. I, I, I'm not going to apologize. If you need to go, you're just going to have to go. You can get this on podcast, but it, it won't be like it is right here. Listen, every battle has its blessings. Every battle has its blessing. The dead man that they were carrying to bury him that day represented somebody's dream. It represented some woman's husband. It represented some child's father. It represented dreams that were dead and dreams that were about to be buried. But listen, don't fret about the battle that you're in, ladies and gentlemen, because the battle, listen to this, the battle caused them to stop or to drop the dead man in a place that they considered to be the wrong place. The battle or the interruption caused them to do something and to stop something that they were going to do. Listen, if they had done what they were going to do, they would have put the dead man in a tomb and you would have never heard anything else about that man. But because of the interruption or the battle, because of the invading enemy, they had to change their plans. Listen, God sometimes will allow interruptions to come in your life that will cause you to stop what you were going to do to get you to do what he wanted you to do. We grumble and fuss about the battle and we worry and struggle in the battle, but God is saying, I'm trying to interrupt your regularly scheduled program to get you to understand that there's something else that I want you to do. So quit fussing about the battle. Quit grumbling about the battle. Quit grumbling about the warfare. God's already given you victory in the middle of the battle because the battle is stopping you from doing something that you think you need to do and that you thought you should do and God is saying that that I'm causing you to do is exactly what I want you to do because the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Sometimes the greatest interruptions or disruptions in our lives open the door for God's greatest miracles to happen. 
Even the resurrection was the result of a battle. Death could not hold the Son of God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 24, whom God hath raised up, talking about Jesus, having loosed the pains of death because, listen to this, it was not possible, it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Can I, can I give you that again? God raised Jesus from the dead and loosed the pains of death from over him because it was not possible that he should be holden by what? That he should be holden by the chains of death. It was impossible for Christ to be bound by the chains of death. It was impossible for the Son of God to be bound by the bondage and the chains of a grave and death. The resurrection is the continuation of what the enemy tried to discontinue. I'm telling you this morning, that God is going to do a resurrection in some of your lives, that God is going to raise up some things that you thought were dead, that you thought were gone, that you thought were too far out of reach. God said, don't bury it yet because I'm going to bring about a resurrection because what I'm going to do is going to be a continuation of what the devil tried to disrupt. I'm going to continue what the enemy tried to stop in your life. Listen, the horrible death and public execution of Jesus on the cross and the humiliation and mockery from the crowd was all meant by the enemy to discredit and disprove and destroy any claim that Jesus had of being the Son of God. The sealed tomb with Roman soldiers guarding it with the idea to keep someone from stealing the body of the Lord Jesus Christ was meant by the devil to have the body as evidence of his death, thereby voiding any claim of his, of his deity. And even those who had followed him and heard him declare that he was the resurrection and the life did not grasp or could not grasp uh, the idea of him who they saw die on the cross raise again but the listen the Bible says even in Mark 16 and verse 1 and I never saw this till the other day I was sitting up there and, and the Bible says that Mary and all the women uh, were coming down to the tomb on that resurrection Sunday and they were bearing spices why were they bringing spices down to the tomb because they were coming down to the tomb uh, to put the spices on a dead body uh, to keep the smell and the stench of rotting flesh from getting out in the air and they would put these spices around the tomb and around the grave and on the body uh, to keep the smell. It was like an air freshener that they were bringing down. They had no idea and they couldn't grasp the idea that they weren't going to need the spices. They had no understanding even though they had followed the one who said I am the resurrection and the life. I am the one who was dead and now I live even 
though they had followed him and heard those words, they were yet coming down and they had spent good money on buying spices uh, to cover up the smell. But I want to tell you something this morning. They didn't need the spices because God said there's not a dead body there anymore. I have to get on from there. And now I want to get to the third part. The unexpected intervention. The unexpected intervention. Here they are toting this man's body down to be placed in a tomb for burial. The battle interrupted what they were going to do. And because of the interruption of the battle, they had to change their plans. And so they just dumped the body off in the tomb of Elisha. Can I tell you something this morning? You need to pay attention to the surroundings that you're dwelling in. Because you don't ever know that when your surroundings might produce the resurrecting power that you need in your life. I want to tell you, and to make that clear, you won't find the resurrected power in a bar room somewhere. You won't find the resurrected power in an alley somewhere with a prostitute. You won't find the resurrected power, and I'm going to just go ahead and be real with you today. Is that all right? You won't find the resurrected power over there at the, the, the casino pulling on a chain or mashing on a button. You won't find the resurrected power uh, in a place like that. But, friend, where you might find the resurrected power is if you dwell in the area where the man or the prophet of God used to be where he used to walk because there's a residual anointing that is still there. The unexpected intervention when all hope was gone, when your eyes are swollen shut from crying and, and you can't cry no more, when you've tried to quit that habit and you've relapsed over and over and over again and you feel like there's no hope for you and there's no way out, listen, don't forget the power of the resurrection. The man was thrown into the grave of Elisha and as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, the Bible says he revived and stood on his feet listen bones represent the framework of a man there's a lot of similarity between Elisha and Jesus in this because as in this story and in the story of the resurrection of Christ life invaded the space where death had prevailed You don't, Jesus said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Why would you go to a tomb looking for life? That's the thing about my God. Because it doesn't matter if it's a tomb or it doesn't matter what it is. Life can invade the places where death, in other words, life came in on the turf turf of death and said look you have no more power you have no more authority because life has just come in the Bible says in Romans chapter 80 verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you 
He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. I just want to, I'm going to leave you with this. And everybody's smiling and happy. I'm doing good. I preached this message in 15 minutes. Y'all didn't even know that. That's just when I looked at the watch. So that's, I don't know. But I want to tell you this morning. I want, I want to kind of sum it all up. Here's some people that are on their way out to bury a friend. They get interrupted by the battle. They get interrupted by the situations going on around them. And they have to do something that they didn't want to do. They have to change plans. But their plans were not God's plans. And so they dropped him in the exact place that God said, I want you to do. So I want, I want to tell you this morning, the season is here. This is the season, ladies and gentlemen. This is a season. Don't miss your season. Don't miss this time because of things going on around you. Understand this is my season. Can you say that to yourself? This is my season. So don't miss your season because of the battle that's going on around you. Just go ahead and prophesy to yourself that this is my season. And don't get caught up in the interruptions of the battle. Just follow the leading of Holy Spirit. And when you do that, expect the unexpected. Listen, Jesus was killed or murdered at the hands of religious people, the hands of those who had no idea who he was. He was put in a tomb. The devil said, I've got him. The enemy said, I've defeated him. The enemy said, I tried to stop him when I tempted him in the wilderness, but I could not stop him there, but I stopped him with a cross. I stopped him, and I've got him in a tomb now. But listen to this. But what the religious crowd did not know and what Pilate did not know and what the Roman soldiers did did not know and what the sealed entrance could not prevent and what the devil could not stop was the life giving spirit of the Holy Ghost that was on the inside of the tomb that was not subject to the precepts of man. He could not be controlled by the edicts of Pilate, nor could he be denied by a stone door. Why? Because he is omniscient. Because he had already seen. I, I was thinking about this as I was writing this stuff down the other day, and I thought about this. 
I thought about all the trouble that Pilate and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the other seas went to, to to hold on to the body of Christ. I thought about all the worry and all the, the, the carefulness that they went to. Put him in the tomb. Put a guard around the tomb. Seal that stone up where nobody can get in there and he surely can't get out. But what they did not know is that my God, the resurrected Son of God is omniscient. He was, listen, you don't have to worry about getting in where Jesus is already at. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, listen, the devil uh, uh, didn't think about this. He said, I'm going to stop people from getting in there. But what he didn't know was there's a power that was already in there that wasn't worried about nothing coming in, but it was that that was about to come out. He is omnipotent because what the devil didn't know that all the Roman soldiers that you put around the tomb are not going to be able to stop what's about to happen and listen I want to tell you this morning that you've been worried about your enemy and you've been worried about your battle and you've been worried about what's going on around you but I want to tell you this morning you ain't got to worry about it it doesn't matter if there are legions and legions of Roman soldiers that are gathered around to shut you down and to stop you my God is an omnipotent God he is all powerful he's already been there he already saw this thousands of years ago and he is standing right there now he's already fought the battle he's already fought the battle His columns of wind is greater than anything else. I'm fixing to close, I promise. The next thing is he's omnipresent. Those three attributes of the Son of God you see around the tomb of Jesus and you see it around the tomb of Elisha. His omnipotence, his omnipresence, and his omniscience, meaning that he sees everything. Omni means all. Powerful. All. Omni covers everything. And when you put the word potent to omni, omnipotent, it means he is all-powerful. Listen, this, this nation is in a place that we desperately need the resurrected power of Jesus Christ to be revealed. But how is it going to be revealed unless you and I begin to walk like we are resurrected saints of God. How will the world know about the power of God if I don't begin to walk as one who has been raised by the power of God? How can I tell you about the anointing 
of my God if I am not walking in the anointing of my God? How can I tell you about the healing power of my Lord if I'm not walking in the healing power of my God? Listen, what I'm saying is, ladies and gentlemen, that it's time to get off of the padded seat. It's time for people to have to stop begging us to worship. It's time for us to begin to rise up like who we are, like who I am, like who I've been called to be, like what I'm serving, like who I'm called to serve, like who redeemed me out of my life of destruction, who restored my life from addictions and all that stuff. It's time for me to begin to get up and begin to honor him by walking in the power of the resurrected life that God has called me to. I know you're tired and I know you're ready to go get you something to eat, but I'm telling you this morning that God said it's no longer business as usual. It's time to wise up and to raise up and to walk up and to begin to step up as the man and the woman of God that God has called you to be. Because I'm telling you this morning, there's a miracle that's trailing in behind you. There's a miracle that's walking in behind you. And it will not happen until you stand up and say, I am the resurrected child of God. I will walk in the newness of the Spirit. Old things are gone, and behold, all things have become new. Go ahead and get up. Come on, go ahead and stand up. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this come alive is for real. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and go ahead and just lift up your hands and begin to worship this morning. <laughs> 